Good morning. How is everyone? Good, good. So, wonderful job by the worship team. I, that song gets me going every time, and really there's only one way to follow that up, and let's talk about spanking our kids. So, um, uh, <laughs> Rick asked me a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, if I would uh, be willing to speak, uh, and I said yes without knowing what the topic was going to be on. So we are in week three of our modern family. It's our last uh, last one. And we're talking about discipline or discipleship to our kids. Um, and I'm, I'm he, he gave me this and I'm thinking, well, he either knows I've got this mastered or it's something I really need to study upon. And I'll let you all decide which way it goes. But uh I just want to first apologize to my daughter who's in the front row and my parents because they are my only examples of parenting in real life. And so um, they're, they're used throughout. And so I just go ahead and disclaimer to them, uh, my bad. All right. So let's first, I'd like to pray before we begin. Thank you, Heavenly Father, so much for this day and for this opportunity to be into your house. And God, I, um, I don't think any of us are here by mistake. I don't think any of us are, are here by accident, and I, and I think each and every one of us uh, have something that we can take away from today. God, I just ask in this these next few minutes that we can cut out any distractions that are outside of these walls. We cut out what's what's going on at work and what's going on in our everyday lives, and that, that we focus in on what you have for us with open hearts and open minds and open ears. Lord, I just ask that we put away distractions and we can take away for it. Well, what you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, today, like I said, we are talking about discipline or discipleship. So, if you are a student or a young adult who don't have kids yet, or said, hey, I'm never having kids, or you're a parent whose your kids are grown and moved out of the house, please stay with me because I promise, promise there's something for every one of us here. So one very common question that we have as parents uh, and that we ask our future spouse or our spouse is, how do we discipline our children, right? So one of our first conversations that we have as, as young couples is one, when we talk about kids is, one, do you want children, right? So I know when Casey and I were, were dating and we're, it looked like we had a future, you know, that conversation came up and we said, hey, do you want kids? And both of us were very, we were very certain we wanted one and that was it. Um, but then the second question that always comes up is, so do you believe in spanking? And I'm like, so Casey was totally against it. I'm like, yes, of course we have to spank our kids. But I'm I, looking back on it, it's like, why is that the second question that we ask? Why is it not like, how do we get our children into a good college? Or how do we get our kids to be, you know, a part of society and, you know, be uh, attributing members to it? So my wife and I, we were, before, before we married, I remember one time we were at Walmart. And we see this little snot-nosed kid over here in the corner screaming and crying at his mom because she wouldn't buy him everything he wanted. And he's screaming and crying. And with all the confidence that I had at 19, I was like, don't worry about this, baby. Because when, when we get older and we have kids, our kids won't act like that. I'll wear them out. All right? So... I'd like everyone to meet Alex. This is our three-year-old snotty little kid who we plan trips to the store around, right? He either needs to be at school or he needs to be with his grandparents because guess what? When we go to the store, 
He screams and throws a fit because we won't buy him everything he wants or he's not riding in the right part of the buggy or he wants to hold mom. Like nothing appeases him when we're in the stores. So, so the next question that we always ask as parents then is, hey, what about timeout? Is timeout effective? How long do we put them in timeout? Do we put them in timeout for uh, one minute for however old they are? Like what's, do we let them play with anything? Or if you're like me, like at school, they drew a circle on the board and my nose went in that circle. And then I dare you to move from the circle, right? But so we ask ourselves, all right, what about timeout? Growing up, my parents didn't believe in timeouts. I got counted on, usually to three, and then my dad gave me the stare. And once that stare came on, I knew I've, I've gone too far, right? That stare meant when we get home, your butt's busted, right? So I just knew that. So then the last form of punishment that we think about for our kids is can we use ancient Chinese torture methods? <laughs> All right. I'm firmly against those, uh, and I think everyone should be. Uh, but I know as, a, as an older brother of a, uh, of a McKenzie's 10 years younger than I am. So there was times I was responsible for him at home. So my form of punishment, because I knew I couldn't spank him, was to pick cherries. All right, if you're unfamiliar with picking cherries, you hold your arms out and you pick cherries, right? Do that for about a minute. I'd have him do it for about five minutes. And your arms start burning. It's, it's horrible, right? Um, but what we want to know, we want to know as as parents and as adults is we want to know what works, what's acceptable, and what's effective, right? Because here's what we want to understand today, that discipline and discipleship are very closely related, right? And people love to debate what the Bible says, especially in the Old Testament, about punishment, right? Because it does mention punishment a few times. And one of the things people love to misquote from the Bible is spare the rod, spoil the child, right? But this isn't in the Bible, right? This is most closely related to uh, the Proverbs here that says those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. So I know you're thinking right now, well, I love my kid, so it's very clear that I need to spank them, right? But uh, there's plenty of debate on was this just a cultural thing or was this something that fits in today? Does this work for my kid? But then we look at the New Testament and we see the example of Jesus. And Jesus lived and we should try to model the way that he lived. But one problem that we have as parents is we focus on discipline as a correction. right? We think about, hey, my kid did this at school, so when they get home, I'm punishing them. Right or, or they hit their sister five minutes ago, I found out about it now, so now you're getting spanked. Right? But we're, we're constantly thinking that, that this should be a correction of past committed um, problems, and we want to fix it. But, and I'm not saying, correction has its place as far as a parent's discipline, but it's not what all discipline is about. All right, so our big point for today is our task as parents is to align our children with their God-given destiny and purpose. We want to do this lovingly, offering correction when needed uh, to help them learn how to stay on the path of purpose. So correction does have a role in our discipline, right, for past bad behavior. But discipleship and guiding our kids on the right path is what we should be trying to do. 
It's the thing of it like this. Like when you're trying to teach your kid how to ride a bike. You know, you, you take their training wheels off or you, or you got a bike. You went from the balance bike to the bike with pedals now. And you're trying to teach them how to ride a bike. And you're holding their steering wheel. You're holding their handlebars. And you're steering along with them. You're guiding them through, through, the, through trying to find their balance, through trying to find their way. And as soon as you think, oh, they're comfortable, they got this, you let go. But then they immediately start wobbling and they fall over. So then it's our job to, to encourage them to get back up. Let's try this again. So you get them back up there. And this time they go, you got them, they're balanced. You let go. They go a little bit further on the correct path, but then they swerve off and crash again, right? And us as parents, that's what we have to do. We have to continue to grab onto those handlebars and correct them to, be, to find their balance, to find the path that they're looking for. And we want to make sure that we steer them back onto the pathway of what's healthy and what is right. And this is the point of our correction. It's not the long talks, right? It's not the, the, where we vent our feelings to our kids about how, we, how they did something wrong. It's not about putting our foot down and being all almighty about it, right? It's about God's purpose for our children and aligning them with God's purpose and how and who God is, right? Because the Bible's very clear to us that God will discipline us, right? But he does this because he loves us, right? But my relationship with God is much more than how he disciplines, right? It's just a very small part. So there's a verse in scripture that people are familiar with when it comes to parenting. And this is also in Proverbs. And it says, direct your children onto the right path. When you are older, they will not leave it. So a lot of people take this verse and they take this and say, hey, this is where I'd give my kid all the list of rules. Here's the checklist. Here's everything you need to follow. And if you follow this, then it doesn't matter what you do in life, you'll come back. But unfortunately, this is not a promise. This, this was written in Proverbs, which is from the wisdom literature. And this is just saying, hey, this is what we should do. But this is not a promise because so often parents say, well, I taught my kids better than this. I, I told them to do this. I gave them all the list of rules. They're not doing that right now, but eventually they'll come back around because it's what God says. Right? But this isn't what this is saying. This is saying, hey, this is what you should do, and this is what could happen but it's not a promise. It's not a guarantee. It's not part of the prophecy. Um, but our big issue, issue is that we think training our children is all about what we tell them. This is where we need to understand that the, this is where our connection goes from discipleship to discipline. Because discipleship is life-on-life -life training by both message and example. It's rooted in the principle of relationship, the foundation of which is love. Right, so teaching our kids isn't just about saying, here's the list of rules, here's how you should love, here's how you should treat everyone. But then they look at us and we're not following any of those examples. Right? Discipleship is saying, here's how we, this is how we do stuff, but I'm also going to show you how we do stuff. I'm going to train you in how we do stuff. I'm going to walk with you through life and show you how we should do this stuff. Because our kids, are, are, they want that type of relationship. They're looking for that relationship. And, and we should have those heart-to-heart -heart moments with our kids. We should walk through the tough things together. Right? We should be there for them. And we should connect with them spiritually and, and share life with them. Right? Because Jesus gave us this example through his discipleship. 
right? And, and I'm, not an, I'm not an expert at this, right? And my, my daughter can tell you I fail at this all the time, right? But our biggest problem is that we are willing to hurt our relationship with our kids just so that we feel like we're right, right? And we can, we can be a poor example of what love looks like. And there's, you know, and there's been plenty of times I had to go back and apologize to Kaylee because I got on to her when I shouldn't have, or I got on to her too harshly than what I should have because I was more focused on correction and me being right than I was about our relationship. And unfortunately, there'll be times in the future that I'm going to have to apologize to her and Alex. And, and if I'm being honest, there's probably things I need to apologize for today that I don't even know about. Right, so so if, we're, if we're being real, like we have our firstborn, Kaylee's my firstborn, I'm the firstborn of our family, right? And we hold this little baby and we're thinking, oh, we're never going to do any wrong. We're going to raise you right. We're going to treat you perfectly, right? But let's be real. We don't know what we're doing as parents, when we, especially with our first one, right? And we're, more, we're harsher on them. We, we're trying to follow all the rules, but we just don't know. And the way that my parents parented me was way different than they did my 10-year-old, 10-year younger brother. And the way that I parent Kaylee is way different than how we, we parent Alex now. And it's just because, hey, we understand relationships better. We've grown. We've, we've matured more as, as people, and we've, we've got more experience. But it becomes the, a problem Again, if, if we sacrifice our relationship with our, stand, with our children because we stand on this proverb of saying, I told them all the right stuff. I taught them, you know, everything they needed to know. I gave them the list of rules, and, but, you know, they're doing whatever, but God will bring them back, right? And we miss the mark if we believe this. If our goal was just to give them a list of rules but not show them an example of a relationship between the parent and the child, then... Just because we want to feel like we're the winner in this because we, we did everything we were supposed to do, right? We've totally missed the mark here. All right, so students and children, this is your part. All right, so listen up. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord for this is the right thing to do, right? And all the parents say? Amen, Amen right? So, students, your parents and your guardians are doing the best that they can. They love you, and they, they want the absolute best for you in the world. But they're trying to teach you stuff, and they're trying to have you obey them. And they do, like I said, they're doing the best that they can. And so just do as they say, right? Because we'll go on. It says, honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with that promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will live a long life. And you will, you will have a long life on earth. Right? So Paul's telling us in Ephesians, he's reminding us that, hey, this is the first of the Ten Commandments that say, honor your mother and father. And it also has a promise tagged along with it. Right? Because guess what? If you listen to your mom and dad, they won't kill you. And you'll, be, <laughs> you'll live a long, happy life. Right? So we move on to verse 4. And appearance, this is on us again. And this one's, this one's the, the tough one for me to swallow. So it says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with this discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. I'm so bad about when 
I'm upset because Kaylee did this or Alex did that. I can't really talk to him very much, but more Kaylee right now. But I love to give lectures and these lifelong lessons, and, and I just talk and talk and like, this is how you should do this. You shouldn't be thinking this way. You shouldn't be, right? And the problem is, is it makes her angry. And I'm so bad about, about not following the don't provoke your children to anger. But I love the way that the message version finishes out this, uh, this verse. And in that one, it says, take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Right? Because dads, a lot of time, right, we, our kids are fighting or they're, they're aggravating the mom or they're, you know, they're doing something they're not supposed to. And we're in the other room. And here we come storming in. And it's like, I'll spank them or I'm going to put them in timeout or I'm, you know, I'm going to do something just to punish them and get them out of the way. Right? And we feel like we feel justified that, hey, we did our job as dads. Right? But the problem is, is what's happening is there's no relationship building in that. Right? If we just storm in the room and we start spanking or we storm in the room, it's like, you all get out of here. You're not supposed to be in here. Right? If we just come in and we're just stern and angry, there's no relationship building between that. And what happens is we're ultimately pushing them towards trying to figure out how to do life on their own because they feel like if they've messed up or if they've got questions or they think differently, or, or whatever it may be, that they have to do it on their own. Because if I talk to dad about it or I talk to mom about it, they're just going to get upset and angry with me. But the, here's the deal. Parenting is not universal. Right? It's not universal with your kids or other kids. Like you can parent one child this way and they can turn out one way. You can parent the second child the same exact way and they can go in the opposite directions. Right? We see this all the time. We see really good parents who have kids who have gone astray. Well, we've seen the exact opposite where we have people who had really no parental influence in their life who had horrible parents and they were, somehow made the right decisions and became great people and, and, and following what they should. So like I said, this is not just a universal thing. And, and so we have to figure out, you know, as far as discipline goes, what works for our kids may not work for your kids. But the most important thing is to make sure that we're having that, that relationship. And I'm not saying that you don't ever come hard down hard on your kids, right? There's times for that, right? Because I know that, that you know, like we had, a, we had Alex decide one day it'd be a great idea if he just ran from the table. Uh, we were at Giovanni's, and he's like, it'd be a great idea if I just run out the door here into the parking lot. It's like, no, like we had to come down on hard on him right there because he had to realize what a big situation that could what could have happened, right? The next thing is... It's to not act in anger or come down on your kids out of anger. Because if we're being real, sometimes our kids annoy us, right? I know I annoyed my mom to death, especially when we rode in the car. Because there is always, always beats or music running through my head. And sometimes I would drum to the beat of what's, what's playing on the radio. Sometimes I would drum or make noises with my mouth of whatever's in my head that goes against the radio. But at all times, especially in the car, it was constant. And she would get so aggravated and she, so much to the point that she uh, wished that my kids would act the same way. Right? Which isn't really fair. But the problem is I still do this today because my kids at school are always asking me, what are you whistling to? Right? Because now most of the time I whistle to stuff. And I'm, most of the time, I'm too embarrassed to tell them it's Friday by Rebecca Black. 
Um, if you know the song, don't think less of me. If you don't, don't waste your time looking it up. It's it's a horrible, horrible song. Uh, but yeah, so but like I said, we what happens is we come in and our kids are annoying us, right? Where we we get home from work and we just want to sit down for a minute, right? Or we just want to, you know, my thing is I come home and I make a cup of coffee. I just want to just want to relax, right? Because the days drain me. But then the kids are, you know, they're being kids, they're being loud, or they're running in the house or whatever. But we act out of anger and we act out of aggression because we're annoyed, right? And and the thing is, is we make it personal to us, right? We have this agenda that we feel like, hey, my kids should act like this. And we punish them out of anger and aggression. And and the thing is, like, like I've spanked Kaylee like less than the times you can count on one hand. It's been very rare. But the first time I ever spanked her, I'll never forget it because I did it out of anger. She was doing, I can't even, to be honest with you, I don't even remember what the situation was because I'm sure it was so minute it doesn't even matter. But I remember she finally, like, I got so aggravated and I reached over and I, you know, I gave her a little tap and it broke my heart because I knew I should have never acted out of anger or aggravation because everything that I do and everything, even when it's time to discipline her tough, it should be out of love, and she should know that it comes from a place of love. So take them by the hand, lead them in the way of the master. Right? Our role as parents is to align them with God's purpose. Lead them to understand Jesus and teach him what Jesus was like. Because here's the bottom line. Real training happens through genuine connection in the context of relationships, not just by downloading information, right? Jesus was our example of that of this, right? Jesus didn't walk in and say, "Here's your list of sins; you need to go correct them," right? And I know as parents, sometimes I come in the kind of like, "Here's your missing assignments; get these done," right? And and as a parent and as a teacher, both those frustrate me, right? But that's not how Jesus did it. Jesus built a relationship. He talked to the people. He sat down with them and he heard their stories. He showed them grace and love and mercy. And then by the end of it, most of them recognized what their sins were. And he would tell them to go and sin no more. Or he would tell them, hey, this is what we need, you know, go and do this. And, and now, right, our kids have more access, right? All of us have more access to information than we've ever had before. But we're also in a county that every single person I would say pretty much in this county knows the information of Jesus. But yet we have 90% of the people in this county who don't go to church. So the problem is, is it's not the information. They've got the information. It's the example. Right? And just as parents, if we are not showing them the example of what Jesus was, if we're not showing them the example of Jesus' grace or Jesus' mercy or his love, then they're not going to walk away because they don't know the information. They're going to walk away because they've never experienced it. And it's the same reason why I think today we have issues with people not joining us in a relationship with Jesus because they've never experienced it from either their parents or from us as Christians. So we just finished up a series uh, upstairs with the youth, and we talked about building our foundations, right, And, and the different ways that a lot of students usually build their foundations 
And we use the Jenga blocks as examples, right? And the hardest pieces to move when you're playing Jenga are usually the very ones at the bottom, right? That's our foundation. That should be where we have the hardest time to have our foundation shook, right? Because sometimes we build our foundations up and then we may build it up on a faith that's, that, that wasn't true. But if we build it up on that faith that's not true, it's easy for our tower to crumble. But if we build a solid foundation based on Jesus' love, if we as parents can build a relationship with our kids to show them what Jesus' love is, and that's their starting foundation, everything else is going to be solid for them. right? So there's six things that I want my kids to learn through the relationship and I hope that your kids can learn through, through their relationships. And number one, God wants them in his forever family through Christ. Right? It's not about being, it's not about the religion of Christianity. Right? I want my kids to be a child of God. I want them to have a relationship through Jesus Christ. Right? I want, I want to be the example for them of what that looks like. So, they, they, so when I go through something tough or I go through something that's hard in life, they can see that, hey, I lean on Jesus and not the world for that. Right? I have to be that example, and I want them to know that, hey, Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Individually, he died for you, and that he paid it all for our sins. And I want them to understand that they can have a relationship with the Creator, and they need to see that through me. Number two, they are fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image. Right? Our kids need to know that they are God's artwork. They are his masterpiece. And that when he made them, when he, sometimes we've got to remind ourselves, when he made us, he broke the mold. And there's no one like us. Right? And so, like, when I used to sell jewelry, we'd occasionally have... Customers who come in who want a custom piece of jewelry. And we would design it. They would come in with an idea or a sketch. And we would, we would you know, put it in our CAD system. And we'd make a 3D models of it. And then we'd make a mold so that the jeweler could, you know, pour the gold into the mold and make this piece of art. But some people were very particular. And like, hey, this can't ever be copied. This is a one of one. And we'd be like, fine. So we would either... Just give them the mold back so it can never be duplicated. Or in most cases, we broke it. We broke that mold and we deleted the files so it could never be copied. And that's, that's how God made us. He made each and in every one of us individually for his purpose. And when he did that, he broke the mold so there's no one like us. And, and the unfortunate thing is our kids, they, they, they're on Instagram, they're on TikTok, and they see these unrealistic they see these unrealistic images of what they should look like or how they should feel, and they compare themselves to that. And, it's, and they need to understand that, that it doesn't matter if you don't look like X or it doesn't matter if you're this far. It doesn't matter if you're this athletic. That God has a purpose for you. And us as parents, it's up to us to, to make sure that they understand and they realize that, that they are God's masterpiece. Number three, they are uniquely gifted and able to do big things. Right? So when Kaylee was born, right, I'm, I'm a huge sports fan. So I just assume, man, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to have a girl basketball player. She's going to play softball. She's going to do all these sports. 
and the poor girl can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Right? But, but she's got so many other great talents. She's one of the kindest and sweetest people you'll ever meet. She has a huge heart, and she's willing to help out in any way that she can. She's great at acting and drama, right? So she has these other talents that she can use for God's purpose. And it's up to us to say, no, Kaylee, you can't go to camp because you're going to go play basketball now, right? Or you're going to go do this. It's not up to us to decide what their purpose is or, or where God's leading them. It's up to us as parents to guide them and to allow them that freedom to, to discover what are their talents and their passions, Number four, correction is an act of love, not an act of anger. And again, I've failed here so often, right? Because I think most of us, if we're being honest with us, sometimes we just get angry, right? We're just mad, like, why are you doing this? Why are you disrespecting me when I've told you the correct way all so many times? And I know with Kaylee, like, I'll scold her and she'll roll her eyes or, or she'll bark back at me. And so I get louder and I bark back at her. And now we're just in this angry argument going back and forth and and as a parent I need to be the one that shows her the examples like hey we're discussing stuff we have to be slow to get angry and we have to make sure that we're we're coming at each other with the respect because I don't I don't want her to be angry and resent me I want her to understand that hey we have disagreements it's okay but we can grow from this go ahead and ask the band to come on up as we finish the last two Number five, there's always more grace available from God. Uh, Always, always. There is not enough sin than God has grace, right? And this is not a, a free, like, this is not a free license to say, hey, I can go out and I can sin all I want because God's got grace to forgive that. That's not what this is. But us as parents, when our kids mess up, they need to know that there's grace available for them. Right, because the last thing I want in my child is that, that she feels like she can't come to me with the big issues or the, or the little issues because she's afraid of, well, what's he going to think or, or how's he going to react, right? Because my tone, and when she's going through issues, I want her to bring them to me so that I can show her that, hey, there's grace. And if I can extend that grace to her, then surely she knows that there's a God in heaven who can extend grace much further. And number six... Our relationship always matters more than their performance, right? And our kids need to know that they're loved and that we are here for them no matter what. We may disagree with our kids, especially parents who who have grown kids, who've moved out or, you know, have their own careers or whatever it may be. Because I know when, when I was growing up, I did some stupid things and I walked away from my faith. I walked away from the church and I... And I dropped out of college. And I know my parents were disappointed in these decisions. But I never once felt unloved. And I'm so thankful for that. Because I knew that I could still go to Him. And through that example, I knew that there was a God who was willing to accept me for me. And I knew that because of their examples that I could still do great things in life and and so often you hear parents who, who want to plant their flag on well teach them when they're young and they'll come back 
but if you've cut off your relationship with your child, they're not getting that example of unending love, of unending mercy and unending grace. So love your children. And I know it can be hard, especially when they make poor decisions and they decide, you know, to drop out of college or they decide that they're going to move in with someone they're not married to or, or you know, they're, they're using drugs or whatever it may be. Like, it can be difficult to show them that grace and that mercy and that love. But if us as parents aren't doing it, where are they, where are they getting this example of how Jesus would love and our, our job is to love them and let them know that regardless of their performance, that they have love because that's exactly what God did for me. That's exactly what God did for all of us. Because he knew our shortcomings. He knew we were going to fail. He knew we were going to sin. But, because, but he still sent his son, Jesus, to die for our, in our place. Because he has unending love. And that love is the same thing we need for our kids to experience so that we can get them and we can build that solid foundation. Because, like I said, if they don't have their relationships with us as parents, they're going to seek that relationship in some way. Because all of us as humans, we seek this relationship and this worship because there is a God who designed us in that way. And us as parents, it's up to us to make sure that, that through everything, through the good times and the bads that our kids understand that they're loved and there's grace for them and and that there's a Jesus and a God that's for them. I just want to take a moment and, and close us out in prayer and, and our, our band's going to play and I just ask you, you know, if you're struggling with this or, or you, maybe you don't know, maybe you've never seen that relationship, what that looks like. I'm, I'm so sorry if that was I don't know everyone's upbringings but I know there's people here today who, who didn't have that example and who's living that example today and I applaud you for that but if, if you've ever if you've never experienced that relationship with Jesus please make that your first step thank you Heavenly Father so much for this day and thank you so much for your son and for the, for the example and the, the wisdom and the grace that you've shown us God, we love you, and we would just ask that you be with each and every one of us as we try to figure out this life. In Jesus' name I pray.